Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to Forward with NACI. This episode is a replay of an inspiring discussion held during the 2021 Future Building Summit in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It was sponsored by the Kauffman Foundation and included inspiring thinkers and leaders from all sectors, government, business, policy, and philanthropy. We talk about charting a new course and rebuilding in 2022. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy. I'm really excited about um, the work that we just talked about, um, and we're going to extend the conversation to three professionals um, that really are, are doing impactful work. And I'm going to—you're going to see them on the screen. So um, we have Lisa McDougal from BDT uh, Company. We have Katie Davis from our uh, wonderful sponsor and partner and friend Verizon and Steve Pearson from IBM, which is, is a new relationship that NACI is very excited about. So um, what we're gonna do is just have, have you start and share a bit about your background and just building on the conversation of, of sort of the first few folks really leaning into the equity, inclusion, diversity space. Um, tell us about some of your programmatic areas. So Lisa, we'll start with you from BDT. So tell us a little bit about you and BDT and some of the work that you're doing. Um, so I have a background in international development and corporate philanthropy, uh, previously at Goldman Sachs, but I was very excited to come to BDT because I grew up in a town of 600 people in Wisconsin, and I've seen over the years how many rural areas have been struggling, um, but at the same time, there's a lot of talent there that is being underutilized. And we, so my firm, BDT and Company, three years ago launched a philanthropic initiative called Rooted Alliance because we saw that students from rural America are some of the least likely in the United States to continue their education beyond high school, but we all know that that is very important in today's job market to have some kind of credential after high school. Um, so we're a collaborative philanthropic initiative um, that is supported by our firm, but also a number of families and business owners that are part of our broader network. We're an investment um, company. Um, so Rooted Alliance does two things. We fund full-time college and career advisors in high schools who work alongside of school counselors to make sure every student has some plan for what their life is going to look like after high school and to help them with those steps. We also provide all of the training and data and oversight to really help those schools and advisors do this work well. And we've, um, this year, we'll serve 10,000 students across uh, 75 high schools in Missouri, Texas, Tennessee, and uh, recently Idaho. Uh, just quickly, uh, we've seen that this can work exceptionally well. So post-secondary enrollment in the high schools where we're working um, in our first year increased by nine percentage points, and that's compared to a national decline. Over 20% of the students we served were going to college, so they wouldn't be going to college if it weren't for their advisor. 
Um, and also they're persisting once they get to college at rates that are about 10 percentage points higher than their peers nationally into their second, their second year. Um, much of this work, so we work through regional partnerships, um, and I would say a lot of it has really been inspired by one of our first partners with Ozarks Technical Community College in Southwest Missouri. They have a very entrepreneurial, talented chancellor who's been working hard to connect a lot of their training programs to local economic and workforce needs and has done a really great job doing that. But what they were finding is that at the other end of that, at the high school level, students, they weren't aware of what opportunities are available for them in their communities and the kinds of training that they need. So they wanted to start getting more help into the high schools to get students on a path early and thinking about these opportunities early because it also build their training programs that then fill the skills gap in their communities. That's just super, super impactful. And and we're going to continue on with that. I just want to make sure we get um, Katie uh, Davison on this as well, because she's, um, you know, in, in the Verizon Corporation is obviously a very big partner um, with NACI. But Katie, share with us a little bit from your perspective. Um, so Katie, why don't you share a little bit with us as well? Absolutely. Thanks, Becky. And thanks for having me on the virtual stage. Um, yeah, so Verizon is a longtime partner of NACI predominantly in um, youth education and program that I lead is actually coming at economic development from a, a different angle, which is specifically around small business. So I lead a program that we just launched uh, last month called Verizon Small Business Digital Ready, which is really designed to support diverse uh, and historically underrepresented entrepreneurs. So Verizon recently made a 10-year commitment through our Citizen Verizon initiative to support 1 million small businesses with resources to thrive in a digital economy. And we know historically entrepreneurs of color and women business owners have had access to a very small fraction of resources, including access to capital, which we hear a lot about, but also access to mentoring opportunities and peer networks and all of the things that it takes to make a small business successful, um, including capital as well. Um, we also know that BIPOC businesses in particular have borne disproportionate impact during the pandemic. Of course, small businesses broadly have been really impacted um, by COVID shutdowns and things like that. But Black-owned businesses were more than twice as likely to have closed during the pandemic. And even today, things are stabilizing. But recently, eight in 10 minority business owners reported that they still don't feel financially stable. And that's after federal funding and all of the programming that has come in. So we are seeing some, some hopeful stats coming out of small business, but there's still a long way to go. Um, we also recognized that digital readiness and resiliency is more important than ever, which of course is a place where Verizon has a lot of expertise. So if you think about it, businesses literally close their doors overnight in some cases. And so if you were just a brick and mortar and just a physical location, that ability to pivot was really important. Three quarters of businesses said they either temporarily or permanently pivoted their operations. And we know that that is not a trend that's gonna entirely revert. And so we designed this program, which is really a combination of content, expert coaching, networking opportunities and incentives for small businesses um, 
where we ask a couple questions up front and then give them a customized uh, learning plan. And just really importantly, to wrap this up, um, all of the programming was designed in close partnership, both with small businesses and also local and national business service organizations. So the content itself is all led by diverse small businesses, women and BIPOC business owners, the graphic designers, the curriculum designers, the videographers, everyone involved really was these diverse small businesses. And we we're rolling this out in partnership with local community-based organizations who know the needs of the community and can help connect them to the right on the ground resources. And that's actually where we see community colleges as potentially playing a really interesting um, and important role as we build this out. Yeah, Katie, we're so excited about that. I mean, the time that our staff has spent with you and learning about what you've created. I, I know Verizon got a, a huge award from the U.S. Chamber um, last year, just, just recognizing this, this good work in so many ways. And as we go to IBM, Steve, we've had um, an opportunity to talk with you and, and learn more about the work that you're doing. So why don't you um, just introduce yourself and talk a bit about um, the work that you're leading along with your colleagues at IBM. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me. So good afternoon, everyone. I'm Steve Pearson. I'm the U.S. Corporate Social Responsibility Leader for IBM, uh, based in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Um, responsible for the strategy and execution around our core CSR priorities. The first one being education and skills. The second would be sustainability. And the third is employee engagement. How do we connect our employees to the communities that we live in and serve? You know, for the purposes of this audience today, you know, IBM's been around for 100 years, but most people don't know that IBM has one purpose to be essential. And one of our core values is the innovation that matters to the world. So for me, you know, leading a, a philanthropic arm here in the U.S., it's, it's uh, very important to, you know, have a company that aligns its business strategy to its philanthropic strategy. And it's specifically as it relates to our education strategy and uh, CSR realm, you know, it really enforces IBM's commitment to reskilling across the globe. We've broken that down into three areas, and I know we don't have much time, but the first was really identifying a market need, you know, un un understanding that there's a lack of uh, qualified professionals in the IT space. You know, it, it impacts our ability to attract talent and then also to grow and innovate as a company. We also realized that the business need was very relevant in terms of um, the skills gap, understanding that there's a, a lack of skills for people in STEM-related careers. And then more importantly, you know, the last panel talked about, about equity and innovation. For IBM, we, we understand that there is a huge gap between uh, people in STEM-related careers and then those that are represented in underserved community as well. So we believe that, you know, being a, a multi-stakeholder, you know, using a multidisciplinary inclusive approach, we can really... Uh, those systems that impact systemic change as well. And the main way that we're doing that, so we're partnering with AC and the Community College Space Workforce Development and a number of uh, national partnerships and local ones as well, is really around a uh, free skilling platform called Skills Build. And I know we'll be sharing information about that as well, but just really Skills Build is a free digital learning and career readiness program. It readies people for in-demand entry-level IT and I not non-IT roles in, in many industries. So this is a global platform, you know, since we've launched in the US, we've had hundreds of thousands of people, but it's just not an opportunity to get people to register for the platform. We're partnering, we believe we can be very successful in the community college space. We have some unique partnerships in the Bay Area, you know, Baton Rouge Community College, Alabama Community College System, and then also some uh, schools up in the New York area as well. But we believe that, you know, we can be integrated 
into community college. You know, so we don't believe at IBM that you need a four-year degree to enter high-demand, high-skilled jobs. So understanding that you have a free platform that focuses on badging, credential, indoor certifications, you know, we can make people in also through project-based learning and work-based learning opportunities, we can get people uh, ready for these in-demand jobs relatively fast, you know, by having critical partners in the higher education space. So again, we can pair, prepare people for the workforce of today, understanding that, you know, there are tons of jobs that are going unfulfilled and how, how long before a company can wait in order to, you know, create its revenue and its viability as a corporation before they look out, uh, elsewhere around the world to fill those in-demand in skills. So we envision of doing that um, here in the United States, but, you know, taking a multi-tiered approach to doing that. But I think it's important to understand the who. So we just don't want to work in the community college space is, is a great place for this, but we want to focus on people that are uh, black and brown communities, urban and rural populations, people that have been away from the workforce. So, you know, the community college system is really a melting pot for in terms of who they're serving in a learner's journey, because it could be traditional students or someone that's reinventing themselves and preparing themselves for in-demand jobs. So excited to be here to serve, uh, to share more about what we're doing, but then also figuring out how we can create some other innovative public-private partnerships by partnering with great organizations such as Macy. Yeah, Steve, that is exciting. And I think that's really what brings us together as a community today is that Future Building Summit, right, is, is, is all of um, people doing really good work. You know, the government, uh, all of you, whether you're in corporations or private philanthropy, um, really wanting to lean in and do um, courageous, you know, brave things like Tiffany was talking about Bank of America stepped up as to be the leader so others would follow. Um, and I think that really goes back to the theme of impact ed, you know, start with what you have, whether you have a little bit or you have a lot, um, how can you sort of piece that together? So we're coming at this as more of a systems approach. And, um, what we're going to have in a few minutes is we're going to have, um, an elected officials panel and, and trying to think about, um, how might we approach the ecosystem. So we've been talking a lot about collaboration and, and I think, um, it's something that we've had to learn how to collaborate differently via, Zoom and, and we can't all be together. More of us are probably virtual than, than together. But I'd love to get some insight starting with you, Lisa. Um, how, what do you think about collaboration and, and how do you feel uh, in terms of community colleges? Um, how is that helping to accelerate your work? Yeah, I mean, obviously collaboration is super important. I think all of us know that there's not enough philanthropy in the world to solve the problem. Right. And as we've been looking at our own work, um, and how we scale that, we've been thinking a lot more about how we collaborate with um, with governments and, and on the public dollar front. And um, also recognizing that community colleges and nonprofits, they are, they are the right organizations to be carrying a lot of this work forward because it needs to be very regional and very local. Um, so one opportunity that we have been working on is uh, on the federal side, um, so, and it's something that may be relevant for, for everyone, but there, we've been working to um, help advocate for a federal uh, grant program. It'll be a $10 million grant program called the Rural Post-Secondary Economic Development Grant. And it's meant to support institutions of, of higher education and also nonprofits that have really innovative approaches to improving post-secondary enrollment and completion and for rural students and connecting them with high wage and demand jobs in their mm -hmm. regions, in their communities. Um, it's administered by the Department of Education and the RFP will 
hopefully, um, come out this winter. So that's something to, to, to really look for. But I, there is a huge opportunity for community colleges to play that, that convening role for regional workforce needs, for sure. Yeah, I had a chance right before the pandemic. It was my last trip to Washington, D.C. Um, I attended the hearing where you had students um, you know, present their experiences. And I, I, I thank you on behalf of all of us for leading that work. And again, you know, NACI's role as a convener and as a communicator, as soon as that's ready, we're gonna share that out with everyone along with other funding opportunities to make sure that people um, that wanna collaborate as well uh, take advantage of that. Um, so Katie, how about you? Um, you tell us about, um, in terms of, you know, collaboration uh, from the perspective of, of your work and the exciting new resources that you're gonna be, um, you know, providing uh, to community colleges? Yeah, so collaboration has been really essential from the start of this program. So we have um, a couple of kind of foundational partners, both on the social enterprise and nonprofit side who have deep expertise working with underrepresented um, small business owners. And we've partnered with them as well as advisory boards um, of business owners and business service organizations to make sure that we're designing something that meets the need, and then to make sure that we're delivering something that reaches the right people in the right ways. And so um, partnerships have been super essential to us, both thinking about how do we build trust and credibility in this space, right? Like that we're not just Verizon, the giant company coming in to try to advise your small business, but actually we're partnering with the organizations that you trust. And so you can trust this program because you know that this local organization in your neighborhood wouldn't kind of point you in the wrong direction. Um, it also really keeps us honest to make sure that we're developing something that those organizations do want to stand behind. Um, and I think this is where you know, we really back here just starting our conversations with NACI and just starting to explore the role of community colleges. But we know that community colleges are in the communities, right? And they do so much work with um, entrepreneurs locally, a lot of business programming and entrepreneurship education. And so we're really excited to explore this opportunity with NACI and with individual schools to think about how these digital resources can be a supplement to the programming that's already happening, right? So the idea of this platform is not that it replaces all the on-the-ground work that's happening, but that it extends that work and brings in expertise that may not be on-site or just extends the resources that are available. And so again, just knowing that community colleges are serving both students who are kind of in school full time and maybe thinking about becoming entrepreneurs, but also that community angle of serving business owners who are in the field working every day and then maybe doing this as supplemental um, education as well. I love that model of you did what we all try to teach our faculty and the faculty try to teach the students do the customer discovery, you know, do the prototypes, do the testing, and uh, just really excited about that. I think that's another um, resource that, that we can use and as we're sort of deepening our relationships with government and other people. So thank you for that. And Steve, um, we have a few minutes left. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts uh, about collaboration. You're actually not that far from the Raleigh headquarters, so 
when, when possible, we'll have to meet you for a cup of coffee and, and, and meet you in person. We've only had that virtual opportunity. But maybe close us out with a couple minutes on how you see uh, collaboration in your work. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe uh, Katie said it best just in terms of community colleges or com community college really serving the community. So as a talent de developer, you know, community, college, community colleges holistically helps the needs of their students. You know, community colleges are really the bridge builders to interface us with the end users and that talent that we hope to recruit to uh, institutions such as IBM as well. So, you know, I think in terms of understanding um, who the partners are and then also establishing trust as well. So, you know, if you're a first generation student or into the workforce, you know, it, it may be pretty daunting in terms of, you know, what it would be like to experience a corporation for the first time. So, you know, I think, again, these public-private partnerships provide an opportunity to establish trust, you know, prepare students for what that experience will look like. So we do a lot in the apprenticeship and work-based learning opportunity space. You know, we are uh, we are partnering with community colleges around the country to do that. It's, we have strong partnerships with, say, Wake Tech and uh, Durham Tech and the uh, RTP region, but really um, helping them build out curriculums where they're getting NSF grants to build out curriculums around blockchain, cybersecurity, really in-demand jobs. And we're using our intellectual capital and our talent to help get that into the hands of students. And then we have additional resources such as, you know, our academic initiative, as well as uh, IBM Skills Academy, where we're providing free resources for not only students, but teachers as well. So, you know, I think that collaboration is key because it's just not about educating the students. It's about educating the faculty, but then also, you know, using the latest technology as, as well as, you know, labor market insights to really help, you know, community colleges um, better prepare and understand the needs of uh, industry so they can get these students into, you know, high impact, high scale jobs, but more importantly, you know, create in some instances in urban and rural populations, create generational wealth that can forever change the trajectory, not only for them, but their family that they're trying to serve as well. So we're excited about these partnerships. Again, I mentioned that community colleges, I believe, are the lifeline in terms of, you know, just traditional students that are continuing on from the high school realm, but also those that are looking to reinvent themselves. So I thank all of you. More to come on all of those opportunities. Let's give them a warm round of applause. Thank you, thank you, our virtual panel. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard about our latest book, Impact Ed, How Community College Entrepreneurship Creates Equity and Prosperity? This is our roadmap for building back better in 50 states and globally. In each chapter, we share the inspiring stories of everyday entrepreneurs and explain how community colleges play a crucial role in their success. Visit us at nacy.com forward slash impact ed to order your copy now and join us in this work. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, 
and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www.nacyplaybook.com.